Bien. Como lendo na barca mora, so the Gemara begins, we are, we are six lines on the top of the page. There are actually eight lines, but two dots. What happens, we're talking about the Hadas. So first we finish talking about the Lulu, now talking about the Hadas, and so we'll talk about the Harava before we talk about Essek. So what happens if Niktim if the top of the head is literally chopped off, of the of the hadas tani ulabachina niktim roisha. What happens if the head of the hadas got chopped off? But but also by tamra, suddenly a berry grew. Okay, date, but a, a berry grew where it was. So now it's covered over. You don't see the the part that was you know chopped off. What happens then? The problem with being chopped off is that's not hadas, but because uh, this berry that looks like a date grew on there and and therefore that uh, covered over you can no longer notice that something is chopped off kosher it is kosher okay because it's no longer lacking in hodor says the gemara boy um, it comes and asks an interesting question what happens okay, just to understand the gemara we have a concept if something was rejected from being suitable for a mitzvah can then become unrejected and then become suitable. So you have two possible scenarios. One is that from the very outset, it was rejected. So for example, you set aside, this is something to do with kabbalah, you set aside a female animal to be a carbon Pesach. It never had a chance. So that's called dichli mi'ikara. From the outset, from the outset, it was rejected. And then you have a concept where something was <clears throat> Uh, suitable and then it became rejected. So we will have it not here, but in the Gemara and other places where somebody set aside a carbon, he ate tray for fats by mistake. So he set aside a carbon and then he decided to become an apostate, Ishmatzich. So the carbon now is no longer suitable and then he did sugar. So that's called, it was Ro, Nida, then Nidche, then pushed away and then Nida again. Now, something which is Dichumi Kara is not as bad as something that was suitable and then was rejected. So, um, and there's a question whether something that was suitable and rejected, can it become suitable again, or once it's rejected, far found. And at this stage, the Gemara will asking the same question about something which is from the very beginning, when it was meant to be a mitzvah or something, it wasn't suitable. And then it became suitable. What happens? And we already discussed an animal, the first, every animal, the first seven or eight days, eight days is not suitable. Only on the eighth day can you bring as a carbon, but that's called mechusas it's definitely going to be suitable, just a question of time. So that doesn't concern us. So here we're talking about a date. When does uh, when does the hadas or a lulu or a rubber, whatever it is, when does it become, when do we have to look at the, uh, whether it's suitable for a mitzvah or not? It's from the beginning of Yamtiv. Prior to Yamtiv, there's no mitzvah, it's just a, an ordinary branch and therefore doesn't concern us. So here we're having a question, a BME asked a question. And at this stage, the Gemara, we don't differentiate whether it was not it was not suitable, it was unsuitable from the very outset, or it was suitable, and then something happened on Yom Tif that became unsuitable, and then you fixed it up. Okay, so at this stage, there's no difference. So Rabbi comes along and asks a question, where Lama Gimel Amar Aleph Sukkah, about nine lines on the top of the page. So boy, Rabbi Yimi, asked the question, what happens if Niktim Roishoi, what happens if the tip of the Hadas was broken off, Me'ed of Yamtuf? It was broken off right before Yamtuf. That means when Yamtuf came along, it was no longer suitable to be a Hadas. So that's called Dichri Me'ikara. It was rejected from the very beginning. So, and then what happened was, however, on its own, but also by Tamra. 
And then suddenly a berry grew there overnight. And when it came the first day in the morning, suddenly there was a berry there. And therefore we just pass him that if there's something that covers over that tip, that, 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 that blends into the rest of the others, it's kosher. So the question is, so what happened? What's it then? Do we say, just like by, when it comes to sacrifices, we, we have apply the concept of, of being repudiated or being rejected? Is yesh dichi eitzavitzis alike? When it comes to mitzvahs, do we have the same concept that once that if it's not suitable for falling, you can never become suitable again, or we don't have that concept at all? Says the Gemara, since you're not sure, let's go look somewhere else and see how it plays out. The Tivshale, why did we learn in Mahaf from the following law? Now we learned in a Mishnah, there's a mitzvah if you shech a bird, um, you have to, uh, or chicken or hen, you have to go ahead and do kisedam or chaya, you have to, the blood has to be covered. So it says in the Mishnah, what happened to Kiso? You, you fulfilled your mitzvah, you covered the blood with, uh, with sand or sawdust, and then suddenly Venus Gala, a wind came and blew it all away. Potter. You're exempt from going ahead and covering it again because you fulfilled your mitzvah. You did your mitzvah. What happens afterwards is irrelevant. What happens, you did not fulfill the mitzvah, but ruach. a wind came along and blew sand over the blood, so now you can no longer fulfill the mitzvah because the blood is not visible. And so it's as if the mitzvah has been rejected. And then there is that you have to cover it. Now, if you read the, 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 the Mishnah, literally, it sounds like you have to remove the sand that covered the blood and Put new sand on it. Comes along the Gemara and says, "No, it's not shot in the Mishnah." When does the Mishnah say that the wind covered the blood? That you have to cover it again. Another wind came and blew the sand away. So since the mitzvah was never fulfilled, go ahead now and cover it. Let's say that the wind came, blew sand on it, and it's there, remains there. Then Then you are actually exempt from covering. <clears throat> you're exempt from covering the blood because there's no. Blood there to be covered. The, the, the item that, the, the, that requires the mitzvah is, not, is no longer there. In other words, it's been rejected. Now, I mean, well, let's understand. So if the, the sand is still on the blood, there's no mitzvah. So the mitzvah has been rejected in a way. And yet you're telling me the wind then blows the sand away. So it became suitable again. So you have a mitzvah. So it's clear from here that something was um, suitable, rejected, and then suitable again you have to go ahead and perform the mitzvah. So surely if something was never suitable in the first place, when Yom Tov came in, the, the thing was clipped off, then uh, surely, uh, what do you call it? The, um, it, it, it when once it comes suitable, it's valid. That's what we're saying. It should, it, this should be a response to Rabbi's question. Lavin, we ask, the wind came blue side away, why do you have to cover it again? Don't we say that once the mitzvah has been rejected, that's it, it's, 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 it's been rejected. And yet, Rahmad Papa, my Papa says, from here you learn out, when it comes to mitzvahs, then there's, um, it cannot be pushed away. That comes to mitzvahs, no such thing is rejected. Whenever it comes suitable, you have to go ahead and proceed with the mitzvah. So, what's your question, Rabina? Sigmar answers that Rapapa Gufe Mibayle. In fact, he's trying to understand what Rapapa said, or he's trying to understand the town of the Mishnah. When Rapapa said that you have to go ahead and cover the blood again, is he saying it definitively that this is what you have to do? In other words, mitzvahs can never get rejected. Even if it was suitable and rejected and becomes suitable again, you have to proceed. So surely if it was never suitable in the first place, go ahead and fulfill the mitzvah when it becomes suitable. The ain't the mitzvahs. There's no such thing as a rejection when it comes to mitzvahs. I don't care the consequence is that you're going to be lenient as a result of it or you're going to be strict. In the case of the blood, if you say the mitzvah is not rejected, we're being strict. We're being stringent. We're telling you, go ahead and cover the blood now. 
But in our case of Hadas, we're going to be lenient because we're going to say, now that the date guru there or that the very guru there, go ahead and use the Hadas. So we're being lenient. It makes no difference because that's the law. Laws and mitzvahs don't get rejected. I don't care what happened five minutes ago. Is that is that the pshat? Oidilmo, perhaps, maybe the pup himself wasn't certain what the definitive law is, and therefore he'll always go on the stringent side. In the case of the law, go ahead and cover the blood again. But but to say that when it comes to the hadas, you can use it now when the date appeared, when that berry appeared, and you want to be lenient because even though it was rejected, now it's suitable, take it. I'm not sure. So therefore, we remain with a question. Says the I'm not sure why you remember the take lemma. Why don't we actually say Kitanoi? Let us say that this is a, this is actually the crux of the argument between two Tanoim and the argument we had um, a while ago. Over the locked um, not this particular argument, but we had the base of the argument. Over the locked, what happens that you had uh, more berries than you had leaves? We said before that it's not kosher, it's not kosher. And what happened was that the lockdown, and we said before you can pick it, you pick the berries off. Um, and then now, now suddenly you have more leaves than berries. When you had more berries than leaves, this hadas was rejected. And then when you remove the berries, now suddenly there are more leaves than berries. It's, it's, it's kosher. So we see a case of something that was unsuitable and then became suitable. And what do we find? An argument of tonight. Oh, well, luckily you went ahead and you decided to pull off the berries. Puzzle, it is puzzle. You cannot use this hadas. Those are the words of Allah ben Tzadik. Of the Chachamim Machshirim. The Chachamim say, you can use it. Chachamim say, you can use it. Because right now it's suitable. Now, what's the crux of the argument? The easiest thing to say is that the, the basis of their argument is, if a bitzah was rejected and then became suitable, can you use it? I, there are other issues as well. Let's dismiss all the other issues. What other issues is there possible? So we can go through them. When we, we had these arguments previously the Gemara, we'll say that all these of them agree that's not the basis of their argument. What's that all about? The Kuliyama, why don't we say that everyone agrees that a lulav ain't sarich eged. Everyone agrees a lulav does not have to be tied. We had an argument for whether you have to, to put a, a ties around a lulav. I mean, Yehuda says you have to put, the, you have to bind the lulav and the hodas and the rubber all together. You have to bind them. It's a mitzvah. And uh, in other words, in the first Mishnah, in the third painting, we had uh, Rabbi Yehuda said that you have to, if the, if the lulav is open, you have to tie them, it has to be kapas, has to be one. And then we have another argument whether you have to uh, tie the hodas and hashanah. And there's an argument of the Rishonim if, if this is two different arguments or the same argument. In halacha, we say it's two different arguments. And in fact, in halacha, it says when you buy a lulav, ideally, the lulav should have no leaves that are opened up and spread. The lulav should be kapas, should be like a straight stick. The, the tighter it is, the better lulav it is. That's the, the, the ideal lulav. To follow Rabbi Yehuda, the kapas, it has to be one. And, they, and there they're arguing about whether if it's the leaves open up, whether they actually have to tie them. Rabbi Yehuda holds they have to tie them. And that has nothing to do, according to most, with Hishana and, and the and the Rav. Second argument is, now you take the Hishanis and Hadassim, and you take it to the lulav. Do you have to tie them all together? According to Chachamim, it's only idur mitzvah. It's only a beautiful thing. Is a keli van veyu. According to it's you have to because of the We learn out from the hyssop that they took with the paraduma. So let us say that everyone with the lulav does not require any tying. The im tim tzaleimer sort of And what's the problem for this time? What's tying up with anything? 
because we have a concept called tasa You have to make the the, the lulav kasha from the first instance. And um, even though the Torah doesn't say anyone, you have to make a lulav. But it says by sukkah tasa and we learned out that a sukkah in order to be kosher, it has to be made kosher from the outset. You can't dig a hole in a haystack and then all suddenly a roof appeared because that's called it happened by itself. And if we equate uh, lulav to uh, sukkah, lulav have the same rule. So if when you put when you tie the lulav, if you hold, you have to tie a lulav, and you put the hadas straight away because you can only tie before yomtiv, and that hadas was not kosher because it had it was clipped off on top the the, the, the hadas, it was chopped off, and then uh, if a berry grew on it, let's say on yomtiv, and now suddenly the hadas became kosher, it became kosher by itself, and therefore the egged by the time when you put it in, it was no good. You have to retie it again, and then you have to retie it. So therefore, we're going to say, everyone holds you don't need to tie a little. So then it doesn't matter, because there's no, nothing, you didn't do anything. Even though you, you, you put them all together, that the not doesn't mean anything. And even if you want to argue, you do have to tie them together, but just because by sukkah, you have to make sure that from the outset, you did it in a kosher way, we don't find that possible by little, and we don't make that equation. Only it says do it in the correct way. My love, isn't it? So what is the argument? The one that says you cannot use this, the berry doesn't help us because once it's rejected, it's rejected. By a mitzvah, and the rabbanon who says kosher, so they say we don't say mitzvahs. Now it's suitable. Let's use it. Says you want to know? If you come up with such a halacha, it has to be compelling. It isn't compelling because there are other ways to learn. I can learn two other possibility possible ways. I can say no. We do not say Maybe everyone agrees you don't say mitzvahs are rejected. So what's the problem here by the hadas? Everyone agrees that we. Um, and the argument is, do we say or not? Everyone holds it, you have to bind it. But the question is, do we say, is there a problem by Lulav that if it was not done originally in the kosher way, it became kosher afterwards, is that good enough? Do we learn from sukkah or not? That's the argument. one of them holding a you That's one version. Or we can say that that itself is a question. Do you have to tie the hadas and the rubber together with the Lulav? If you hold like Rabbi Huda, the Lul Tzachagin have to tie it together. That's a mitzvah. They call Yalim Filu Musukim. Everyone holds you learn Lul Musukim, and therefore it has to be done in a kosher way from the outset. The Hocha and over here, the Lul Tzarech Eged Komifikit. That itself is the argument. Does a Lul do you have to tie the Hodos and the Shine the Mitzvah to tie it together with the Lul? Then it has to be done in the kosher way. But if you hold it's only Hidur Mitzvah, it's not really a Mitzvah to do it. Then it doesn't matter. Then it's not really tied, and therefore it doesn't matter if it's done. You know. Um, whenever you're ready to, to use it, if it's kosher, it's kosher. It's never been rejected because there's no mitzvah yet at night. In fact, this is an argument between Rabbi Huda Chacham and Tanya. We learned in Hebrews, Lulav or Lulav whether it's tied, Ben Sheein Ogu, it's not tied kosher. That's the opinion of the rabbi. And Rabbi Huda, I mean, Ogu kosher. Only if it's tied is it kosher. Sheein Ogu possible. If the Hadas and the Shine is not tied together, Lulav is not kosher. My time with the Rabbi Huda, what's his basis? Yalof, he brings out Lekicha Lekicha Maagudas Esav. He has this very shav an equation when they have to tie together the hisop over there by the by the by the Kormachatos. Ksiv Hoch says here Lekachto Vachem Ayemarishin. It says on Sukkot you should take on the first day. Ksiv Hosam, and it said over there. But um, the um, it says in Shmaisa when they're trying take a good as Azab, take um, this bundle of hyssop, you dip it in the blood, Malahal and Agudah means tie them together. Afkan Agudah, you have to tie them together. And Rabban, unless Lukich, Lukich, Rabban never heard of this Zayshava, they don't hold of this Zayshava. 
of Lekicha Lekicha. The fact that we bring here the Gzeri Shava of Lekicha, and in the Mishnah before we brought Kappas, tells us that's really two different discussions altogether. According to Moshe Shein. Is Malahala uh, Guda Afkala Guda. Okay, so you know Mantana. Okay, so let me ask a question and who we had the same before. Who is the author of the following Bryce? The Torah we learned. Lula Mitzvah it's not, it's not uh, detrimental to the mitzvah if you don't do it, but ideally you should tie the hadas and the shine together with the look. If you didn't tie it, kosher is kosher. Man, you hold that. If it's rabbiud, if you didn't tie it together, why is it kosher? Rabbiud holds that it's, it's pivotal. You have to, it's critical to the mitzvah that you have to have it tied. If not, it's not kosher. How can the rabbis say that if you, if you didn't tie it, it's still kosher? And even Rabbanan, then why bother tying them at all? My mitzvah, the the more understood the contrabalan, you hold the lulav and the hadas and the shine in your hand, all separate, and then you hold them together in your hand. But a mitzvah, there's still even the rabbanan will agree there's a mitzvah to tie them together merely because we should say You should make the mitzvah as nice as possible, and it's nice if they're all tied together. Okay, it says in the Mishnah we list over here a number of disqualifications by hadas. We're going to go through the disqualifications, disqualifications of a little of a hadas, a shine, and an essay, even though most of the disqualifications, like stolen and dry, are very similar. But each one has a, a din that the other ones didn't have. So, for example, by hadas, we have this din about berries. That if the berries are um, are more than the, the leaves, it's possible. That's a law that only applies to hadas. This thing we learned from our great teacher, our great master, which is Rav. Amru, the Hashem should always be in his assistance. When do we say it's an issue if you have more berries than leaves? If they're all you know, concentrated in one section of the Hadas. We have clusters in different places, then it's kosher, it's kosher. On the contrary, makes it even worse. If it's two or three places, then it's like, like full of polka dots, it's all over the place. It makes it look worse. Not better, it's less hotter. Because remember, the berries are black or dark, the rest of the thing is green. And if you have them, you know, spread out in different places, different regions of the hadas, it makes the hadas look even less hotter. Ella eat marachit. In fact, I'm sure if Rav said this, this is what he said. If there were more berries than, than leaves as possible, and Amar Avchiza, and this is what Avchiza actually said. This is what Rav said. This is what he said. He's talking about if the berries are black. If the berries are black, it's not hadar. But if the berries, let's say, are green, so they blend in perfectly to the hadas, meaning the hadas, then it's not a problem. But kosher is kosher. Amar but if they were red, is kishchaydus If they're red, red is really black as well. In other words, they're really on the way of becoming black. Black means that it's totally dry. So therefore, it's becoming it's on the way of becoming black. And first, they start off being red, and then and then, and then eventually they become black. So therefore, they are also possible. They're just like black. by a woman. So by a woman, if you, if you see black blood, we'll say that it's considered she's a nidah. Why? Because black is really red. It started out being red. It's afflicted. It started out being red, and over time, it became black. So we see that black is a variance of red, and, and or red is a variance of black, and therefore, you, if the berries are red or black, you cannot use the others. But the green, they're perfectly all right. The Mephorosh, I'm asking, I can't remember what the answer why do you have to say red is black? The whole point is that when it's green, it blends into the hardest. If it's any other color, orange, blue, or any other color, 
It doesn't blend in. So therefore, they should all be possible. What's the relevance of being black? Let's think about it further. I don't remember the answer. Think about it further. So what do we say? That if you remove some of the berries, and now that I'm all leaves and berries, it is kosher. We're talking about blackberries. We're continuing the discussion that we had before about a mitzvah being rejected. Now, the question is, if, if, the, if the berries appeared before Yomtev, that means that this hardness has been rejected. And the, sorry, if, if the, yeah, there are more berries than leaves before Yomtev. So the, the, the hardness were rejected. And then you picked it off on Yomtev, and, um, and the hardness became permitted, it's, it's been rejected. How can you do that? So let's prove from here that something that was rejected can still be used for a mitzvah. Unless it's talking about, but there's a problem of pulling off berries on Yom Tov. We the Mishnah that you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that on Yom Tov. So because you're fixing things up. So you, if you fixed it all up before Yom Tov, what's the situation? What's going on here? When did you remove the berries? If you remove the berries before you tie it. Remember, tying is before Shabbos, before Yom Tov. If you remove the berries, everything happened before Yom Tov. That was the issue. Why should it be an issue that you have to tell us about it? Pshitta. The, part, the, the fact is, when it came to Yom Tov, when the mitzvah started, it was a perfect hapas. Who cares what it was like yesterday? Ella must be You must be strong by the chid here is you tied it together when this thing was not really suitable. And and uh, and then and then afterwards you tied it together, then afterwards you remove the berries. And the chiddush of the din is that we don't say when you put it in, it wasn't it was disqualified, and therefore, and then afterwards automatically became kosher. That doesn't work. Or you you did say you, you move the berries, which is you didn't take the hadas out to put it back in again or tie it again. And the chiddush is that we don't compare lulav to sukkah, we don't care. When you put the hadas into the knot, was it already kosher or not? Doesn't matter. So that is a chiddush here. So I understand. El lebasa del What happened was he first put it in with the berries on there, then afterwards he took it off. No, so let's learn from here. So first of all, isn't that dichumi karu? So that means when you put it in there, it was never suitable to be used. Tiv should mean no. Okay, we cannot. Remember, I told you there's two possibility, two possible scenarios. One is that it was suitable, then it was rejected, then suitable. That one there is more reason to say because it was suitable and then it was rejected, that's it. It cannot become suitable again. And the other scenario is it was never suitable in the first place. And then and, and then you made it suitable afterwards. So let's at least prove that case. But here, maybe at the onset of Yamtiv, it wasn't suitable to be honest. But then you fixed it up and we're saying, yeah, it's good. So let's resolve at least half of the question that we always ask in Shas when it comes to Mitzvah's Dichumi Kara. Is it a Dichumi not? Let's prove me it's not. Says the Gemara, Tipshim, let's at least resolve me a question that we have in other places. Dichumi Kara, at least in this case, the half of the question he asked before we can resolve that something that was rejected from the very outset can be fixed up. Why don't we? Says the Gemara, La'ilam Basad Agda. I will tell you, he's talking about you put in the Hadas. After it was uh, after you tied in, and he said, "Somebody holds eged has He holds that we don't have to really tie anything. If we don't have the rabbi to mitzvah to tie in, so therefore it was never really rejected. It's, just because, for example, you tie in erev naldu and yamtuf, it's not so you tie it in in the, in the morning erev yamtuf in the morning, but and then right before yamtuf you went ahead and you put the berries." So if you hold that tying is a mitzvah that comes out that the mitzvah you tied it together early up in the morning already was not suitable. But I'm telling you, there's no mitzvah to tie in. It's just, it's just preparing it. Because we hold like a chum, there's no mitzvah tying it, then it, it had nothing to do with the mitzvah yet. And then five minutes before Yom to be pulling the berries, 
it was never rejected in the first place because the mitzvah hasn't started yet because we don't have to tie it. And the mitzvah doesn't start till at night. Um, so it was never rejected. It says the Gemara, um, only preparing it. And preparing something is not really, um, it, it means you set it aside, is not considered a mitzvah and therefore it was never rejected in the first place. Okay, no proof one way or another. But then it says, it says you should not go ahead and reduce it on Yomta. You, you should not go ahead and reduce it on Yomta itself. Now, why shouldn't you reduce it? The Mishnah concludes, you shouldn't be mighty Yomta. Why shouldn't you actually um, do this on Yomta itself? Because Rashi says it's a shush. It's an Isa de Rabbanon. It's your Mesakin Mana. You are fixing up a cave. So it's actually a big Machlech is a shiny of this is an Isa de Rabbanon. Oh, this is an Iser Mahatayra, removing the berries on Yamtiv. If it's Iser Mahatayra, it's because you're fixing up. Is it either Makabe Patish, you're finishing up, or is it Boina, you're actually building? What, what is it? Or is it only an Iser de Rabban? Says about her over, we'll love to my kosher. Sounds on the mission here. Okay, you shouldn't have done it. But if you did this kosher, um, it sounds on the mission here. If you went ahead and you picked the berries, it is kosher on Yamtiv. It is kosher. The obvious question is why isn't this a mitzvah habab avera? Is an avera picking the berries on yamtuf, uh, you know, and 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 uh, because you shavuos, so you're doing an avera, and then here comes along, and you want to use it for a mitzvah. How can you do that? Why is a mitzvah avera? So we can say um, over here, if the avera is rabbanon, there's a big argument. If you're doing a mitzvah the Torah, the avera is rabbanon, does that come under the category mitzvah habab avera? Or mitzvah above maybe it's only the various from the Torah, but, but either, otherwise we can use the famous Yerushalmi. The famous Yerushalmi says, brought down the Magid Mishnah the Rambam. Yerushalmi says if somebody heard that Chas uh, uh, one of the close relatives passed away, you have to do kriya to rip your clothes, and he did it on Shabbos or on Yantu. He should have done it, but he did it. You fulfilled the mitzvah of kriya. So Yishalmi says, I don't understand. Why is it you're told not to share Kriya on Shabbos and you did it, you fulfilled your mitzvah, but you're told not to steal matzah. And if you ate, if you ate stolen matzah, you have not fulfilled your mitzvah. What's this meaning too? And Yishalmi answers, Tamon hu over Avera. Yishalmi says, a difference between whether you did the Avera or the, the, or the chefz or the, the object itself is forbidden. The matzah stolen, the stolen matzah, the matzah is forbidden. That's mitzvah habab Avera. But if you went ahead and you violated Shabbos and you made a Kriya, the Kriya itself is not, is not the thing. You went ahead and did a Vera Shabbos. And therefore, the same thing over here. The, the, the Hod itself is not the problem. The problem is that you went ahead and you pulled, picked off the, the berries on Shabbos. So there does that come under the category Mitzvah Havah So we continue. So Amos, when did you pick it? Sorry, my question. The Ashkel Amos. First of all, when did it become, when did it become black? When did it ruin the Hod And when did you fix it? Obviously, fixing on Yamtiv. When did it become ruined? And we're going back to this question about whether it was suitable and rejected or not. If you tell me it was already ruined before Yamtiv came along, so it was Dichumikara, you fixed up on Yamtiv. Dichumikara. So that's a, a case of it was rejected in the beginning. And yet you're telling me if you pick the berries, it's good. Isn't that, doesn't that clearly prove to us that it's not like the previous model, you're trying to learn everything happened every Yamtiv. Here, this is happening on Yamtiv proper, and you tell me that it's kosher. So we see that even though it was rejected from the outset, it's still valid once it becomes suitable. Let's at least resolve that half of the question. Let's at least resolve from here. It's not considered rejected. 
Elalab must be the ash to be yamtiv. Must be the what? Started out suitable. Then sometime a yamtiv, a few more berries appeared, and then 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 the next day you you ripped them out. So it means it was suitable, rejected, and suitable. Nida v'nitchahu. So then even better. Shamat mina. Let's prove from here that nida it was suitable, v'nitchahu rejected. Chayza v'nida and it became suitable again. Good enough. So this these questions that we have here we can resolve it. We're talking about a case that it was before Yom Tov ready was ruined. It's Dichumikara. And you're right. Dichumikara, that part of your question we will resolve right now. If it was rejected from the outset, do I have a Dichum that is not considered a rejection? Yes, you can resolve from here. But the second half of the question, which is more difficult, it was suitable and rejected and suitable, that we have no proof from here at all. Everyone asks the question, why do we say Why do we say the mitzvah assay of, of benching Lulav should push away the loisas of fixing up the Lulav, of moving the, the berries, especially if you hold it's only Yisad Rabbanon? So the answer, because it's not happening at the same time, it's not Be'idna. We learned that in order for a, an assay to push us away on a negative, it has to both happen in tandem. Over here, first you pull off the berry and you'll do the mitzvah later. So because the assay, the positive mitzvah and the negative mitzvah are not happening simultaneously, it's not which means, says the Chavaz Das, if you're actually pulling off the berries while you're holding it in your hand and you're trying to, to make the blessing, so it is uh, in tandem, it would be all right. Amri says, you actually are, you can reduce it on Yamtiv. Says the motto other. How can you do it on Yamtiv? You're fixing up um okay, you're fixing up the harvest. Your intention was to eat it. You're allowed to pick berries from a cut-off branch to eat it, and then was to eat it. As a consequence, now the harvest is suitable, so it's an unintentional. And we know when it comes to Ruzal Shabbos, unintentional is permitted. But Abelaza, but Abshiman Shimon holds like a wolf. Abelaza, but Shimon holds like his father. And he says a dover, some unintentional permitted. As the Gemara of Abayi, but of Tabayu, both Abayi and Rav eventually agree, initially had an argument, but later agree. Moide Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon concedes the point that Psik Reisha Velayamas, if you chop the head of one to die, in another, in a case where it's inevitable, you're dragging a heavy chair and you're making ridges in the ground. In the case, interesting that that's always the classical example of a Dover Shaimus Kavan, which is dragging a chair, making holes in the ground. And if it's a heavy chair, that's a, a classical example of Psik Reisha. And in Gemara Shabbos, we had that Mavol over there, that in fact, that's a very bad example because it's only Asr Midrabbanan, even if your intention was, because it's not the normal way of digging holes. It's Kalachayat, what Gemara says over there. And yet we always use that as a classical example. Some people say that Gemara changed his mind later, but that we don't have that clear anyway. So Gemara answers, so Lechayda, how can you take or pick the berries from the Hadas? It's inevitable you're fixing up the Hadas. Every reason I'll do that again. You have other, you don't necessarily, you're not relying on this hadas because you have other hadasin there as well. So therefore, what? So the two ways of understanding the Rishonim. Either you didn't do anything. You're picking to eat, and I, you're making a, your result. The result is you're having a valid hadas. Since I don't need it, nothing happened. It's not tikkun mana. I didn't fix up a keli because I don't need it. That's one version. That's Rashi. Other people learn, other Rishonim learn, the famous Aruch, no, that since you have other hadassim, even though the fact is you don't have a benefit now, you have more choice. It's a, but it's a secret. It's inevitable once you eat, you take the berries off that you have. A, you fixed up your hadas, but it's loy nichle. 
a psikresha where you don't really benefit from it, even though it's inevitable, but you don't really benefit from it, from it it's not forbidden. And in fact, one of the proofs for, for the aruch, for this halacha, is from right here in the Gemara. It has other hashainas, it's a psikresha, but he doesn't benefit from it. What happens if the map opened up? What do you do on Yom If you can't make a proper knot, obviously, you know, they cannot one of the 39 malachas. What you do is you wrap around it and then you tuck it in. You don't make any knot at all. Why no knot? Make a bow. And the bow you to make in Shabbos. But we learned in more Shabbos, not everyone agrees. This follows the Yehudah. He holds that even a bow, which is a half a knot, is also considered forbidden. If you're following it, then what does it help? Putting the string around it, he holds a mitzvah, and it's critical for the lulav in order to be yotzer. The mitzvah lulav, you have to have a proper knot. So how can you be yotzer? If someone says, "Hi Tana, this particular Tana, sova lo kavose," this Tana, this Bryson, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda bechada in one in one way that he holds, don't make a bow because a bow is a knot. But a polygon bechada, when it comes to how you tie, you meant to tie a lulav he doesn't agree. Rabbi Yehuda you don't really have to make a knot. Rashi comes over from here and makes a Kiddush and Halacha, which is, will explain to you the big how the world does it. He says that from here we learn out. The Rashi, last Rashi before the missionary, Rashi says, he says here, from here we learn out. That even according to Chachamim, let's say, making that knot around the Hodas and Shaina is merely a, a mitzvah of Hodor, Nevertheless, it has to be a proper knot. You have to make a knot and get the two sides, the two ends of the, the thing that you're, the string that you're using around, or the, the leaf that you're using around. So Rashi makes a chiddush that even according to us, you have to make a proper knot. You'll see that, uh, like, for example, in, in, in by us in Lubavitch, we make, um, when we tie the Lul and the Hadas together and the Hashina and the rubber together, we make proper knots on the, around them. And, uh, and a lot of people have basically these pockets. You have this thing that you put in the bottom of the Lulav and it comes out two branches and you stick your Hadas and Hashina. So there's a big argument if you yates it with that, because Rashi says it has to be, the Hadas and Hashina have to be tied to the Lulav in the form of a knot. And that's those who have, like we do, follow Rashi. And want to be machmer like Rashi as well, and that's why we have the knot directly on the lulav. And the others want to say because that even though the knot is around, it's not around the shine and the um, and the hadas, but because the other part it fits in and that's itself knotted, it's stationary enough or stable enough to be considered perhaps knotted. Or they say we don't follow Rashi, we follow the other shame that holds that you don't have to necessarily have mamash a knot. So that explains the different hagim of when you see how they do a lulav and the hadas and the shine. Next question. Now we're talking about that that rubber is similarly a stone, that rubber is not valid. The Yavesha dry one is not valid either. Psul is possible, but here Yavesha doesn't mean you put your finger, it falls apart. I mean, we had a machleg before, whether it means you touch it, it falls apart, or whether it becomes all white and loses color. Same argument would be here. Sometimes on certain items, it falls, uh, it becomes white before it falls apart, and on certain items, it falls apart before it becomes white. Um, we came from that tree that was worshipped for or the city that had to be destroyed so it's possible because since you have to burn it it's lacking in the shear if your head was chopped off of the leaves open up again we always have the argument whether it means they're so totally detached or whether they're still slightly uh, attached to the bottom but here's addition this is the new din that we have by Shine. it's called the Tzavtzva we'll see later the three telltale signs to know whether Hashina is kosher. 
It has to have a red stem and it has to be elongated, the leaves, and it should be smooth. And the tzafzafa is neither, no, it's round or it's, it has a, it's like a saw. It has, you know, these teeth and the, and the stem is not red. Psula is possible. Kamusha, and it doesn't grow near the water. Kamusha, if it's dry or shanisha, or shanisha where mixes alev, let's say it's dry. Or but not completely dry that it's like we said before. So you know, or shanasha mixes alev. Some of the leaves fell down. We'll see later how many Michelle Baal, or let's say it doesn't grow next to, even though the Torah refers to Hashanah as Arve Nachal, it grows near the river. Let's say it didn't grow near the river, grew up in the mountain somewhere. It's still, and Shaida, and, and, um, it is kosher. All of these cases is kosher. <clears throat> um, Baal, Rach explains here, is generally any field that doesn't require um, any um, irrigation. It's called Baal. So, you know, for rain is sufficient. Says the Gemara. It says the passage. How does the Torah describe Hushainis? These willows that grow next to the river. Means what? That they grow next to the river. So Rashi says from here, from here we learn you should use, um, you should use Dafke Hushainis that grow in the river. If you couldn't get it, then you can use all the ones that are also kosher. But Rashi holds it the Chumrah. Other Rishayim totally disagree. It's the, it's a kind of a species. This species grows next to the water. They even, I don't care where it grows, it's 100% kosher for Rishayim. There's no Chumrah in having it next to the river. But Rashi says two lines to the bottom here that it, it, it's better to have those next to the river. Another shot, Avi Nochel, that it's um, leaves, Amosha Kanachal, elongated like a river. Tanya, we learned, well, you know, <clears throat> like a creek. Tanya learned Edith, another place, Arve Nachal, Engliel, Arve Nachal, Shabbat, Ovino, Shalharim, and that's not Arve Nachal, only be grown next to the water. Shabbat, Shalharim, and I know if it goes in the field that doesn't even have any rivers or lakes or creeks or anything next to it. Or on mountaintops, how do you know they're also kosher? Tamalayim, Arve, in plural, Nachal, they come up, I don't care where they grow, Arve, anywhere, it's kosher enough. Abashol, <clears throat> Abashol says, Arve, you know what Arve comes to teach you? Abashol says, Arve is two. What do you mean two? <clears throat> he says here there are two kinds, two types that you have to use as shyness. Achas lulav, the achas lamigdish. There's two mitzvahs to do with the shyness, with our rubber. One is to tie it to your lulav. And the other one is, we'll learn later, in the Beis HaMikdash, every day they circled the Mizbeach with these Aravas. And, the, and that's, that's what's the Arve. There's two mitzvahs they can do with the Hashanahs. But Rabbana, Rabbana, Mikdash Benalu, Rabbana, who say Arve, come and teach you, it doesn't have to be next to the water, it can be anywhere. So how do they know that you, that you also have Hashanahs by the Beis HaMikdash? They hold the certain rules that we don't have any looking for. It's merely what are they? It's the law of 10 plants. Then is that you know 30 days before Shemitah, this is coming up Shemitah. 30 days before Shemitah, then you have to um, you have to be add to the Shemitah in Allah rate till the field, you know, work with them and so on. But uh, when it comes to trees, we are more lenient and we allow you to work around the tree because we don't want to wither away and die. And if you have a field of a, a saw, which is 50 amas by 50 amas, and you have 10 trees spread throughout this field, then we say that not only you can work immediately around the tree, you can work the entire little, the entire field in that ratio, because um, they all need the nutrients of the entire, of the soil of the entire field. That's called S&T, and you can work up to Schmidt. 
or Arava, the law of Arava around the Mizbech. We don't have a posse for it because we're using Arbi Noch, I'll tell you, it can be any growing anywhere. And Nisuchamayim, but every morning by the carbon tomic on Sukkot, that in addition to the wine, they also have these water libations. All of them is Halacha Lemoshim Mesinai. Halacha Lemoshim Mesinai. We'll stop here. Have a good Chaydish. We'll continue tomorrow.